Gloria, I would like you to meet Hobson, my best friend in the world. I relish the compliment. It's thrilling to meet you, Gloria. Hi. Yes. You obviously have a wonderful economy with words, Gloria. I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. One month gone, one to go before we wrap up 2016, don't you know? Things have been good, things have been bad. But the end game is clear, and that's when it gets sad. But buck up, folks. Like me, who hate the early dark days, it'll soon be bright enough to soak up some rays. These are some of the worst rhymes in history, but I can't get enough. So let's start the show with some all-new pod stuff. What? Here we are at the beginning of December 2016, the last month of 2016. Was 2016 good? I don't know. Is it reflection time? Never. Because reflection time makes me sad. That's why I stopped going to Temple. Yeah, because going to Temple reminds me of how miserable my life is. Now, I know it's not horrible compared to others, but... You know, when you want something so bad since you were five and you can't achieve it, and of course you want your friends to achieve it, and lots of other people that, you know, suck, um, you know, it's just get annoying. And the problem with Temple is that you would end up going like every year to Temple and then uh, you'd be like, oh, I'm here again and nothing's happened. Or that's the way you look at it and that's why New Year's suck and that's why people mostly hate New Year's Eve because there's nothing new special. Like one time it would be very exciting to have a New Year's Eve like, wow, this is going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year. It never is. It's always an okay year, and sometimes it starts off great, and then it always just sours, don't you think? I think everybody's like that. I don't care who you are. But, boy, do we have a lot to discuss. We have had guests on for the past three weeks, so it was most important for me to be alone today so we could talk and contemplate and discuss everything that's gone on in the past three weeks without any interruptions. Very important. Now, first of all, let's just begin with last night. If you're listening to this podcast and you are a fan of this show, and you know, uh, well, I, you know, I'm talking about Artie. And we did the football show last night down at the Village Underground. It went off without a hitch, you know, except for the fact that Artie didn't show up. That, that was the one flaw. And it's a pretty goddamn big flaw. And I'd be getting a lot of flack for it on Twitter and a lot of flack on Facebook because, you know, but what am I, and, and a lot of flack last night. I mean, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation to be in. Now, I'm, I'm a professional, you know, I, I rise above it. I was able to do the show without Artie because I'm a professional. I rise above it. But it wasn't easy. I mean, the thing is, I've always, you know, been expecting for him to cancel at some point, but he's always been, you know, even though he comes at the very last second all the time. He always shows up because he's a good friend. Um, but this time he just didn't show up, didn't call, didn't text. Now, after the show, I found out 
kind of what happened, and there's a very, very good explanation for it, which I figured there would be, because um, he's not the kind of guy to do that, ever. He's the, is he the kind of guy that shows up late? Sure. Uh, but he's always shows up, and he's ready to work, and he's awesome when he does. I mean, even if he looks all disheveled, like he just got out of bed, and he maybe he looks like he, you know, he's on drugs or whatever, or, uh, like on a two-week binge. The guy delivers every time, and he is what makes that football show great. Um, you know, can I do it on my own? I don't even know. I did the best I could yesterday. You know, I prepare the show for Artie uh, because he's awesome, and I like working off of him. So I prepare the slides that I know are going to annoy him and ones he's going to like. So like last night, I had, you know, some stuff from The Odd Couple in it. Um, you know, I had some stuff about black people tailgating. You know he's going to hop in on that stuff. Meanwhile, you know, then I got that stuff. I look ridiculously racist. It's horrible. I'm like, no, but if Artie was here, he would make it funny. <laughs> you know? So I just look ridiculous. But, you know, do the best you can. Uh, thank God Lenny is there. And uh, we had this girl, Lisa Traeger. Now, she is, I think she's great, uh, but I get half and half reviews because she's very anti-man. And if you're doing a football show, it could be, you know, not that great. If somebody's very anti-man, you get up there, you talk about your period, men hate that. Uh, it's amazing that women have been able to get so far in comedy because men still hate women bashing men on stage. They're never going to like it. But um, we, we again, we've risen above it. We've um, we rose above the situation. But uh, so see, but she was great because she was actually the arty type where she was just like, shut up, you dumb fuck. You know, like she, she was just telling me off. And I think the people liked it a lot. It was good enough. But I got to say, I was looking at the phone. I'm like, when's this going to be over? Um, I, I mean, I was having a good time, but I was like, I, you know, I count on arty. I can't deny it, and could I change the show if I know he's not coming? Of course. Could have invited somebody else, could have prepared differently, but I really thought up until, you know, we were in it five minutes, I thought for sure he was going to walk in. Every time I thought for sure he was going to walk in. Uh, but something happened. I can't tell you yet, and I don't, I, I'm don't. i sure he will reveal it on his podcast, but it is not for me to uh, to talk about yet. So when he says it, then we'll uh, discuss it, and that'll be that. But, um, you know, I know most of you know he said he was going on the podcast, and then, he, you know, there's, there's nothing I can do. I mean, it's not a secret. He didn't show up in the show. You watched Facebook. You saw it. You, didn't, you know, we're like, hey, let's read some comments. Okay, the comments are, where's Artie? Uh, the comments are, uh, do you have anything else? Yes, what happened to Artie? Uh, what's Artie doing? Is he okay? It's funny because we're always worried about mean comments, but everybody was very concerned. Very concerned, as was I. You know, when it comes to Artie, and he doesn't show up somewhere, you get concerned uh, for the worst reasons. And you just hope it's uh, some sort of uh, bright excuse rather than a dark one. Uh, this one, I would say, is in between. That's all I can tell you, and I'm sorry. I don't want to be cryptic, but again, it's not my place to tell. But I believe he's okay. He is okay. He's okay now. He, you know, and everything's fine. And he's going to call me later and we're going to talk. Because I haven't talked to him yet. 
I've only uh, gone through the grapevine right now, and uh, I'll talk to him, and you know he's going to feel bad, which I feel bad that he feels bad um, because I love the guy a lot, and he is, as most of you know, who listen to his show or listen to my show, and these are, and, and it's funny, the two of us are so different, and I think what connects us is our Jersey bond, for sure, and we definitely like the same kind of comedy, but we are definitely, I mean, look at our podcast, they're so different, <laughs> you know, I like talking about musical theater, <laughs> and he doesn't, uh, but we've become really close, and I, I love him so much, and it's so funny when people don't know him, and they're just like, oh, what's this with this guy? You know, I mean, you look at him, you're like, what's this guy? Um, and then you just spend some time with him, and you realize what a really great person he is. Um, so, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound like something really bad, but it's not that bad. I'm just thinking about our friendship and how much I really do care about him and um, always hope he's doing okay. And... I just miss him. I miss, you know, I, I I look forward to the football show because I know he's going to be really funny and he makes me laugh out loud. And even though he's picking on me the whole time, you know, that's funny too. I mean, let's face it. He's a really good roaster. You know, I mean, he's just as good as Jeff Ross. Um, and what's funnier than Jeff Ross picking on you? I mean, you know, you got to have a, a, a thick skin. And so many comics don't. You know, I'll tell you something. I think Russ Maneev is still really upset with me because I, you know, I said he wasn't a great actor on the show, and I, I think he's really still upset. And I, I, don't, I don't think I'm crazy, and I'm really upset that he's upset because he's such a nice guy, and I don't want him to be upset with me. And I don't know, you know, maybe I'm trying to be crazy on the podcast, and because I've told you, I had the same problem with Jay Okerson, who now won't talk to me anymore because I just said one thing again, and we talked about this last week, and. He really took it to heart, and Attell told me even, yeah, he told me about that. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, uh, you know, I I just like to, you know, I got to say what's on my mind in the podcast. Otherwise, what good is the podcast? You really can't hold back. Kind of like, you know, Howard Stern and the private parts. He's explaining. He's like, I I can't hold back. I can't hold back. But I don't think that, but Howard didn't have any friends. (laughs) Um. So maybe I, I I should, but I mean, what's funnier than me doing a show and then bashing the cast afterwards? I don't. I find that to be unbelievably hysterical. But unfortunately, it it hurts a lot of people, I guess. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, we we got these. Uh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, the next football show is December thirteenth. Now, this might, if Artie decides to do it. This might be the greatest show of all time because if he'll let us talk about what happened or whatever, I mean, that could be one of the greats, one of the classics. And I'll tell you something, this crew that I'm working with at this above average or the kicker, whatever they call themselves, very nice people, very nice people, but they just cannot get that sound right. They said if we use the mics instead of the, the hand mics instead of the lav mics, we can get better sound. While I was listening to it today, it still stinks. I'm not blaming them. It's a, it's a very difficult thing to work out, but I want perfect sound. If you're going to broadcast it, it's got to be perfect sound. Otherwise, it sounds like a porno. You know I have problems with that. you got to have good sound. If you can't hear what Artie's saying, then what's the point? Artie gives us gold. And if you can't see what he's saying, if you can't hear what he's saying, then it's really pointless to put it on Facebook. Really pointless. And that makes me upset. Uh, and I don't know how to fix it.
because that is not what I do. Um, they have this camera. It's called a Mevo, and it's supposed to be this professional live thing. And it is funny because they can direct it right off their phone. I mean, it really is something else. So they have all this technology, but for some reason they can't get the audio feed into this system, which would be perfect. I want the audio feed that goes into the microphones at the Village Underground to go into this Mevo system, but for some reason they can't work it out. I don't know why. Memo keeps telling them this is what you got to do, and uh, I don't know whether they don't listen or the fact that he's Mexican and now that Donald Trump's going to deport people like that, they don't want to have anything to do with him. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. So December 13th is the next football show. What is that, in like two weeks, right? We got a week off, then we do our last one. The week after that, I'm doing a Christmas carol, as you know, and uh, the good news is, and uh, when I say good news, I mean bad news, is that I said, uh, oh, how are ticket sales for a Christmas card going? And she goes, yeah, there's no movement, which means there's zero sold. No one cares. Um, not good. Problem, probably I don't have enough stars, but what are you going to do? Uh, you know, like, can I promote it on Twitter? I got like a thousand followers and most of them probably don't live in New York. So I don't know if that's going to help. I'm going to try and get on Jim Norton's show. That should help a little. That should help a lot, actually. Uh, but we'll get it done. I mean, listen, even if I got 50 people there, it'll be fun. It's nice when the house is packed, though, like the Godfather. But it's not the Godfather. And we're taking a chance. I love A Christmas Carol in every incarnation. So I'm doing it. We're trying something new. And it's not a crowd pleaser. You know, if we do a reading of Caddyshack, that's going to be a crowd pleaser. We do Goodfellas, that's going to be a crowd please. This is a tough one. But it's Christmas time, and it's fun, and it's Mike Bichetti as Tiny Tim. I don't see how you can go wrong. I, I don't see it. And there's songs. You know, did I, did I, do I have the songs on my thing? Because I'll, um, I don't know whether I've ever even played them. Uh, let's see. No, I don't, I didn't, hold on a second. You got to hear some of these. Uh, I'm doing the music from it. I don't know if you're familiar with Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, but I'm doing some of the music from. I mean, I'm doing most of the songs. One of them is the saddest song of all time. But um, let me see if I can. Uh, I know they have them on YouTube. Let me see if I can pick one up really quick without uh, being annoying. Uh, because I want you to hear them because they're really great. And I'm going to meet with uh, Noam down at the cellar tomorrow to practice a little bit i mean this guy i you know I'd, I'd be worried if it was anybody else they him and uh this guy colin they're so amazing they know every song and i, I don't even know how they know this you know these well they're not going to know there i just gave them the the things this is um this is one of them that we might get a commercial from uh oh no oh yeah <laughs> This would be the first song. That's if Natterman could pull it off. Ringle, ringle, coins when they mingle make such a lovely sound. Two guineas and tuppence and thruppence and bob make my ears tingle and keep my heart throbbing. Crowns and, and poppers, little eye poppers, can make my pulses pound. 
coin in a column can make me ecstatical, denominational, or alphabetical. Alphabetical, ringle, ringle, ringle when the hingle makes such a lovely sound. And then it's great because I'm going to play Bob Cratchit, and then there's a little duet, which is nice. You've had your call for the day, and there will be no more. Beg, begging your pardon, sir. I simply thought so. Since it is Christmas Eve. Hey, you know who that is? And I'm going to do it, try and do it exactly like him. That, that voice is Jack Cassidy. Do you remember that guy? He's David Cassidy's father. And he was in like every Columbo episode as the villain because he had that, you know, goatee, devilish look. He was very good looking. He was always on a bunch of love boats. Always the good looking villain guy. Like he was the Hans Gruber for television before there was a Hans Gruber. Since it is Christmas Eve, this would be a disastrous time for you, Cratchit, to find yourself without a position. Oh, no, sir. Yes, sir, you're absolutely right, sir. Forgive me, sir. If you spent more time tending to your job, you wouldn't have time to feel the cold. Ah, blasted help situation. You'd be wanting a feather bed and tea service next, you know. You never could be... gonna be awesome no there's a lot of really catchy tunes in this show it's a miracle that it that, you know when they do rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and elf on stage and all that stuff that doesn't even have songs i mean here's the one you should be doing if you're gonna do it live mr magoo's got really great songs well what am i um, that's what i'm doing but i'm not gonna play mr magoo i'm having natterman play scrooge because um I thought about it, and that will wear off very quickly. Ah, yeah, well, well, maybe, I don't know, but I'm not doing it. I'll do some character as Mr. Magoo so we get it in, but I don't think doing it as him the whole time will be the right thing to do. I don't know. Natterman doing Groucho Marx is always the best way. Don't you think, people? Hey, you guys are all right. Anyway, that's the story. And then uh, February 28th will be uh, The Godfather, episode four. We will continue the saga. And uh, even though it's called The Year of the Godfather, we didn't squeeze it into the year. So I suck. That's my fault. I probably, you know what? I never should have canceled that show. I looked at my uh, bank account yesterday and I had $100. I, and then I'm like, oh my God, I've been hacked. And then I looked today and I'm like, no, all adds up. <laughs> that was, I was praying I was, I was hacked and somebody stole my identity. I was praying. I was praying for it. I was really hoping. Uh, but unfortunately, nobody hacked. And then I, I saw what the, what the issue was, and I just uh, miscalculated. And I think, uh, you know, I guess I, I now I guess I kind of count on those shows to, you know, kind of supplement my income from my job. And uh, with the football show, I've been losing money. So all put together, 
not great. And I know there's probably a way to make money. You know, it's like, you know you're always like one idea away from doing something that will be very financially helpful. He's just got to be a little bit smarter. And I just cannot work my brain to figure it out. And it's a bummer because I know there's, you know, there's people that are so smart that can figure out, you know, ways to make money. I'm not one of those people. Because I do it for the art and the work. I don't do it for the money. And I never have. That's the problem. I never do anything that makes money. I do it for the love of the theater. The love of the art. Uh, Also, coming up on the uh, podcast, you know, we had... uh, the next show, I think, the next show will be, uh, you know, a homegrown uh, show like this. I'm actually thinking, I heard from my friend David Thalberg on, uh, from college on uh, Twitter, and he was talking about, was you think 1981 was maybe one of the classic years of comedy and film? And then I just got, I was like, is it? And I took, I looked at every film made in 1981, and all I want to do next week is just go over 1981 in film. But then I was thinking, what am I doing? I just have a whole show. Like, I have, I have to have another podcast with just that kind of shit. I, I, so I can't decide. But I don't know. So, so we'll do something next week unless something comes up. And then the week after that, I believe, will be the David Tell special. Our yearly uh, David Tell special where we can uh, With the stars, David Tell. Russ Maniz, Artie Lang. Yeah, maybe I'll bring Russ on too. Thank you, Ed. Um, and then the week after that will be Christmas with the Godfather 3. Now, at this point, Christmas with the Godfather, I mean, I don't do it all the entire way, but I always read from the Godfather on Christmas Eve, the Christmas Eve podcast. It's a tradition. Um, but but now it seems silly now that I actually do the Godfather and we actually have some of it. But I I I've got to keep up the the tradition, and this all stems from my friend John Vitti, who told me that every Christmas Eve while they're trimming the tree, they always have the Godfather on. So that's what made me think about it, and it makes sense. There is a very Christmas theme about it at one part, so uh, it does make a lot of sense. Christmas with the Godfather Part Three on the twenty second. And, of course, go over the bowl games again because that's I do enjoy doing that because it's so stupid the way they change the names of those stupid bowl games. I like to go through those, even though you notice I haven't been talking about football or anything. It's just so weird what the way things – you know, we never finished the television season. I guess I just gave up. That used to be my favorite thing to do. I, I don't know what happened. I just lost interest, and I was just enjoying doing other stuff, I guess. I don't know. We we only made it to Tuesdays, I think. We never I, I got Wednesdays all ready to go. I guess I just don't care. And I was thinking, you know, I was you know, you're listening to people complain, they're complaining, the Trump and the nonsense, everybody's complaining. I'm like, you know what? These people don't know what they're complaining. They're like, everything's wrong with the world. It's horrible. Everything's a mess. They don't know from horrible. You know what I know from horrible? They, if they, if I swear to God, if they, you know, if they cancel Lucifer, if they cancel Lucifer, that is horrible. That is bad. 
When they cancel my favorite shows, now that's something to really scream and yell about. But for Christ's sakes, everybody relax. And let's just make sure Lucifer stays on the air because it's my favorite show. What was the one I, uh, oh, uh, Limitless. I mean, that was a tragedy. Now that's a real tragedy. Everybody's up in arms about something. Anyway, uh, after that, I guess we'll take a one-week break. Uh, That is the only break of the year. We will return January 5th with a brand-new show and a brand-new season and a brand-new, I don't know. What did we call? Oh, right, after the 100th. We're like, yeah, we're taking it in a new direction. (laughs) Whatever direction that is. All the nonsense. I was telling my friend Lawrence today, I'm just like, yeah, I really, again, I mean, I know we talk about it all the time. What is this show? It doesn't have a theme or anything. You know, it's just so weird. I I don't know how, you know, you really got to get a, a theme. Did anybody see the the Gilmore Girls I was talking about on the football show? Of course, I had that planned. I was going to mention it in front of Artie. And he was going to give us 20 minutes of shit on the Gilmore Girls. That was the plan. But then I thought Lisa had maybe seen it. And then she gave me shit for it. I'm like, wait, what is she giving me shit for? Yeah, I actually watched it on Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, they released four episodes of the Gilmore Girls. And remember I told you those guys had that podcast well, let me tell you something. We were talking about that. The guys had these the guys. They're called the Gilmore Guys. And they fucking tour with this podcast where they go over every episode of the Gilmore Girls. They tour with it. I, I, you know, I was like, how is that possible? Theaters. Not just comedy clubs. Well, let me tell you how it's possible. Uh, I was watching these episodes. Now, they're... they're, they're Four films, actually. They're all like an hour and a half. There's four of them. They made new episodes, like after ten years, and it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was it's pretty good. I mean, I, I always like the show. The dialogue's really good. Um, it's a little gay, but it's 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 a little fantasy because they live in this fantasy town, and you're just sitting there going, like, God, it would be nice to live there, and everybody knows everybody, and it's pleasant there, and they do town like things. So it's like. It's nice, you know, like a fantasy. And the way they talk isn't real either, so it's kind of cool. And the dialogue is, is very well written. So, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm watching the end credits, and they have the end credits go on for a half hour at the very end when they're showing the actors and actresses that play the all the characters in Japanese, in Chinese, in, you know, Lebanese, in uh, Israeli. I, sw- I mean... I've never seen so many end credits like that where apparently this show is that much of a phenomenon that we have no idea. Like when I was screaming about those guys, the Gilmore guys, being able to play theaters, we don't even know the half of it. And most of you guys probably have, I mean, I didn't even know how goddamn popular this was, but it must be. They paid the two lead actresses $3 million apiece to do these four little shows to come back. And, I mean, it's that popular that Netflix did it and they made a big stink about it. It was written up. It was, uh, you know, they're... I mean, it's... uh, If you're translating it into all those countries, it must be worldwide huge. And that's something, I mean, who saw that coming? Especially when the dialogue is so fast and so inside and so American, it's odd that the other countries would like it. It's very inside. A lot of the jokes, you know. 
It's almost like the Golden Girls when they would just use, you know, uh, really inside television jokes, which made the show, you know, good for your old pal Dave Jusko. But, you know, I don't know who else was getting that. I like these girly shows, don't I? What's the matter with me? I don't know. Uh, I had a point, but I don't remember what it was. But anyway... I guess it was just the point of, like, what are you doing with the podcast? Those Gilmore guys, I, I'm telling you, i got to come up with it. Anyway, the last three podcasts, Esther Koo. We haven't talked about that all, all the way up there. You know, that was an interesting podcast. And last week when I had my niece on, I played a little bit. You know, I had never listened to what she said about me in her podcast. And we made up and everything, and we're texting, and we're friendly now. And everything's cool. She's a very nice person. I know after all that stuff well you figured that was just some sort of fluke but boy um i'd never heard her podcast it's so mean i know we played some clips of it last week but it's just uh god she she was so mean to me where i was not being mean i was just questioning why would a girl do this but her and her friend remember her friend was actually quite nice but um yeah it was uh just so mean so <laughs> that laugh when you're and he was talking to this guy mm-hmm. this pudgy jew mm-hmm. and he goes hey i'm dave jusko <laughs> the laugh is what makes it so evil it's as if those girls are laughing at my penis they might as well be laughing when i take down my pants that's the kind of laugh that it feels like that hurts your soul as a man you know what I'm saying? That's what makes it so evil. Who cares if she calls me a pudgy Jew? I am. But the laugh after is what is so gut-wrenchingly horrible. <laughs> it's, it's like a high school movie where like, I, uh, you know, I get thrown out of the ladies' room with my pants off and, and everybody's pointing and, and looking at my penis. Like, what are they still laughing at, even? And I go, oh, you're Dave Jusko. Mm-hmm. I've heard about you from several people. Who's Dave Jusko? <laughs> that little lady. Who are Dave Jusko? But I like that girl. She stands up for me later. I got to meet that guy. I got to see what that girl looks like. She's okay. But, um, yes, then, uh, I don't want to start any uh, <clears throat> trouble with her again or anything, but. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I, I, you know what? I had one of those culottes again today. You know what that means? Not good. But I had to. I had like, um, speaking of pudgy juice, <laughs> I had like corned beef and chopped liver for lunch today. <laughs> oh, I am such a dirty Jew. Uh, so I needed something like sweet. And, you know, this is no good to do a podcast with, like a frozen beverage. You got to have water. But yeah. Oh, God. It's so It's so mean. It's so mean. And um, okay, he's okay. in his 50s. Okay, okay. okay. He's good looking. I said he looks like Eeyore. Okay, okay, okay. He fine, acts fine. like Eeyore, so then okay. because he acts like Eeyore, <clears throat> he looks like Eeyore. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, a Jewish Eeyore. Okay, I got like, it. Okay. So then he goes, yeah. And then I just start laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cruel. <laughs> And again, uh, <clears throat> you know what do I care, Jewish Eeyore? She's probably right about that. 
you know, I, I probably am. I mean, that's an excellent depiction. Um, but the laughter is what is the killer. You know, hot girls laughing at you. There's just nothing. It's like going back. To, you might as well go back to high school. One time uh, at my job, we, you know, we have these outings, like summer outings or the Christmas outings. And sometimes we're all on a bus going to the summer outing, which could be down just on 23rd Street at Chelsea Piers or something. But we all get on this bus after work, the whole firm. And the HR director at the time, (laughs) I guess he had this Brooklyn accent, and once in a while, the Brooklyn accent would come out. So he goes, okay, we're going to be going on the fifth floor, and I just yell out, yeah, everybody, the fifth floor, (laughs) whatever, and the whole bus cracked up. I mean, the the managing partner was going crazy. He was laughing so hard. Well, the fifth floor, (laughs) I was just imitating him like we were in high school, like on the bus, and he froze. Like, we were friendly, me and this guy. And he just froze. And he told me later, he just had flashbacks. I guess he moved to Pennsylvania from Brooklyn when he was a kid. And he had flashbacks of the exact same thing happening 20 years previous where somebody was making fun of his accent. You know, when he moved from Brooklyn to Pennsylvania. And they're like, uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Look at this guy. He talks like this. And he just froze in the headlights like that because the whole bus was laughing at him. You know, and it's one of those things you're like, well, now I'm the HR director. I'm an important and well-respected man. And then you just get laughed at by a bunch of peers, uh, girls, guys. (laughs) Your boss is laughing at you. What's worse than that, really? And that was hilarious to me. Uh, But I guess apparently it was hilarious to them. But, boy, hearing it, oh, I couldn't believe I was... uh, listening to it while I was walking and I I stopped in my tracks I was devastated I couldn't even believe it it was so devastating to just hear the way they were laughing at me and this is after we spoke and uh I was like I wasn't sure what to do I'm like should I play that because I kind of want to because I wanted to play it the week after she was here but uh but then uh the next week we had Susie uh, Rabbi Susie on and I was very upset with that interview with myself. Uh, Susie's the best. Um, I I screamed at one point, uh, and I was so angry, and I should have edited it. I don't know why I didn't. I screamed because I I thought there was a moment where I thought she knew this this girl, and she just said it sounded familiar. She didn't know her, and, and I was screaming, and I'm so mad at myself that something... You know, air quotes, the host of a show should not do when he has a gout. You shouldn't get that. Uh, you should be a professional. But I, I got so excited and I let my emotions get. And that's and that's not the uh, and it's just, you know, it's no big deal. But it bothered me and it bothers me. It bothered me every time I heard it. Uh, obviously, I heard it when I was editing it. And then I I mean, I didn't edit much. I just edit the beginning and the end. And then but and then I heard it when I was listening to it. And then somebody even mentioned it on Twitter. And then it made me feel horrible because I really did want to cut it out. I don't remember what the reason was why I didn't. I think it was just maybe it led to something else that was necessary. But I don't know. I was angry at that. And then I guess I forgot to edit. You know, the she took a phone call or the, my phone rang. And I'm like, oh, I thought I, I got that piece. I, You know, it's weird. She took a phone call during the podcast, which is so uncool. But, you know, if somebody's visiting from Israel and they're working, and they take time to come do your show in the middle of a Tuesday morning, and they come in a pouring rain, 
think I can let him take a call. You know, it's, it's not like a 22-year Jessica Pilot taking a stupid call. And this is, a, you know, like a prominent, you know, member of the community who's trying to do good for the world. Uh, we can let her take a call. But I wasn't, I wasn't happy with my, again, I'm doing the quote, interviewing skills. I, I felt I, I stumbled a lot. Um, you know, the problem is I think I always want to be like Dick Cavett, but I'm not bright enough. So I kind of just do the best I can. And um, I, I, hate, I, I hate saying um. Uh, I felt like I was stumbling a lot. So I was upset more with my performance. But uh, she is a great gal. And then we went out to eat with her daughter after who's very nice. She's like 20. She's kind of sexy. Uh, I think she just moved into the city. Like I told you, the last time I met her, was like, she was like 16 and moving to Israel. She was like, this sucks. I'm going to miss all my high school friends. Can you imagine having to move when you were a kid? We never had to move as kids. I, I, you know, we, I was always like, what would we do? Meanwhile, you know, my high school sucked. Moving probably would have been the best thing that ever happened to me. Although, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, if you're an idiot, you're an idiot either way. But I probably could have handled a move. I mean, it's like not like me and my sister had great friends. She always thinks she did. I mean, you know, it's, I just had one. Uh, Lawrence, you know. Meanwhile, everybody else was uh, disposable. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, so there's that. Uh, and then last week, uh, my God, my, uh, my sister was so annoying. So rude. I, I don't understand it. Now, I know her and Liza, like, we did the podcast, like, around midnight. So, you know, just say, we're tired, we'll do it later, let's do it, you know, but I don't know why she thought it would be a good idea. I can see them dozing off when I'm talking, which is, like, the worst thing that you could possibly imagine seeing when you're talking or on stage or something. And then my sister's got up, I'm still walking around, she's just talking as if we're not doing the podcast. It was so uncool. And it really bothered me. And then it was really fun when Dory was just here because she's pretty cool on the podcast. It was so surprising. She's an outstanding uh, guest or co-host. Uh, it's funny because I've always talked about her on the show as being like really shy. And, you know, she's kind of a pain in the ass in the sense that she doesn't really talk. She doesn't have any friends. But on the podcast, she likes to talk and likes to contribute. And uh, she has a good voice. I don't know. It was great, right? I mean, I thought so. I was having a good time with her. That's when, it, once they went to bed, and was annoying. And then we're sitting there doing a podcast, and Liza comes in. She's like, do you have any toothpaste? And we're like, get out of here. Do I have any toothpaste? I got a medicine cabinet above the sink. You can't t- take a look. They got three things of toothpaste up there. Are you kidding? Just interrupting the podcast. Do you have any toothpaste? I guess they don't care. And they're just like, well, it's just Uncle David's podcast. But, I mean, they're right. We're not on the radio. But still, I think rude. Uh, but doing a remote at Rutgers would be okay, I guess. Although I suppose, I mean, it's funny when you do a podcast. What's the point of doing a podcast like we did at the beach? And, you know, all we got is the picture. And I look tremendously fat in that picture. And then, um, you know, uh, but I don't know. It's kind of fun, I guess. But there's not really fun. It's not like when we were at the beach, anybody came by. So as far as 
anybody else is concerned, I can describe it to you, but you, as far as anybody's concerned, I could be right in my apartment. I might be doing it in the bathroom. But sometimes you got to go to the people. But uh, it would be fun to be, you know, uh, you know, as an old man in the dorm room. Uh, <laughs> who knows what will happen, right? <laughs> Hello? Is this on? Are we recording? I don't know whether you saw um, the Facebook uh, football show, but I, uh, you know, in the slides, I, you know, I always take a picture of the tailgates. And last time we were tailgating, there were these black people that were tailgating next to us. Now, I've never seen a bunch of black guys tailgating ever. The tailgates are usually white people. This is not a racist statement. It's a fact. But millennials will be like, well, how can you? I'm like, look, you come with me. You'll see. Now, it's a fact that there could be a black guy in the tailgate, but it's very outnumbered. I mean, you know how it is. This isn't racist. White people, it, it's very rare for black people to go to sporting events. The stands are full, even in basketball games. It's full of white people. Hockey, of course. Football, baseball, it's all full of white people. I don't know why. Uh, it's just the way it is, which is odd, of course, because it's always black people playing the sport, except in hockey. Uh, the, you know where I've seen more black people, and I think I talked about it on the show last year, at the Nets games, and I don't know whether Jay-Z being like a somewhat owner of it has something to do with it, but I've definitely seen a lot of uh, black people at the Nets games, and I did talk about this, but I, I'm telling you, it's rare at a sporting event. So there was a whole like four or five black guys tailgating right next to us, and it's just funny, so I was taking pictures. Of them, and they were nice. We were hanging out with them and sharing food and having a couple of drinks. Um, <laughs> now it sounds racist, <laughs> but they were really nice. <laughs> but um, they bought a charcoal grill, which normally everybody uses gas grills now. And the charcoal grill was like heavily smoking. So I went all the way to the Portageon, which is like I don't know a quarter of a mile away from where we tailgate. And when I was coming back, all I could see was the smoke coming out of their grill, and I was really high. And I was in my own head, and the smoke was coming out of the grill, and I was, and immediately I just thought of that scene from Back to the Future, where the uh, the guys are getting out of the car, where they lock Michael J. Fox in the car, uh, you know, after Biff is with that girl, uh, with the, that girl with his mom, and they lock him in the car, and then the the black guys get out of the car with all the smoke, they're getting high in there, and all the smoke comes out of the car when they get out, you know, and then, you know what I'm talking about. These guys. It's your cousin, Marvin Berry. Listen to this. But they get out of the car with the smoke, and they're like, uh, hey, we don't want any trouble from any reefer out of it. I prefer to beat it, spook. What? Go back to your mama's, boy. Um, I didn't say that part, but uh, that is in the movie. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, for some reason, that's what I pictured, where they come out of the car, and it was all smoking. Uh, and it was, <laughs> I don't know why, that's where my mind goes, because I'm insane. Uh, but that was like one of the slides we showed, and that was, I just, you know, I had to just tell you the visual, because it was so funny for me, but um, again, I made it for Artie, you know, because I thought for sure he was going to, uh, you know, really go to town on it, but he wasn't there. And the uh, the other thing we were talking about, this is why, uh, you know, I'm doing a whole show, I think, next week on 1981. 
uh, Cannonball Run. You know, been talking about it nonstop. We were talking about it today with my friend Joe, and just uh, we were with our friend Caitlin, and you know, she's never seen it. She's young. Why would she? It's not one of the ones you go. Oh, you gotta see it. You gotta. I mean, we we have to be honest with her. We have to be like, well, I don't know whether it holds up because I really don't. I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know whether I could sit through the whole thing, but yet I probably could at this point because it'll bring back memories and you know everybody's so legendary. You know, to me, it's all the, the cast of stuff, and I really would just want to see Terry Bradshaw and Mel Tillis again. I don't know why those are my favorite characters, but they just were. That small bag of chips <laughs> makes me laugh every time. And it was really a horrible movie, but but it wasn't, you know? It was it was enjoyable. I just, you know, so I was looking at that 1981 list, which I'll, you know, bring next week, and I think Burt Reynolds had three films that year. Very interesting. We'll talk about that next week. Um, but I was also thinking it's, uh, you know what the thing about Cannibal Run was, was trying to tell Caitlin is that that was like the first film that did outtakes that everybody does now. A lot of comedies do now. That was the first film. In fact, I think Cannonball Run made its money because everybody said, you got to see the ending. You got to see the ending. Because back then, you know, they just they didn't make movies where they showed outtakes and people flubbing lines. Now, I've told you before, if I see an outtake where people flub lines, I'm going to punch somebody in the face because that ain't funny ever. Somebody falls, somebody trips, I can be with that. Or if you laugh when you're doing a line, but flubbing a line, or somebody just goes like this, the kind of all run where they're making fun of themselves flubbing the line, don't ever show that again because it's stupid. And it just makes you look stupid that you can't do your job that you're getting paid $20 million for. So no one wants to see that. I came in out of nowhere. Uh, but the Cannonball Run was like the first movie to show outtakes, and they were great. Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, just Burt Reynolds was so angry at Dom DeLuise because he just kept laughing. And remember, he kept punching him. He was like slapping him really hard. And Dom DeLuise just kept laughing, and he's in the Captain Chaos costume, and he's just laughing and laughing, and, and then they're showing Sammy Davis doing outtakes. I mean, it was it was great at the time. And what I was thinking was, you know who made a name for themselves there's, I don't know if you remember, there's a, an MTV show called The State, which was very popular, and it, it was a bummer. This guy, David Wayne, who is uh, a very prominent director, actually, he, he I'm a friend, of him, we're friendly, uh, he has done the, the Wet Hot American Summer and a bunch of other stuff. He does, uh, he came up with that um, show on Adult Swim called Child, Children's Hospital, you know, the all alternative people in it, but... You know, you get what out American. You get Bradley Cooper to be in your sequel. You're doing all right for yourself. But um, so he's good. He's a director. Uh, Michael Ian Black, and the other guy was Michael Showalter. And all three of them still do a bunch of stuff. And it was all from this. They got lucky. They went to NYU and they had a college show. And MTV took it and they called it the state and they got to do sketches. Now I was in a sketch show in my college, and it aired on television. But unfortunately, only in Ithaca, New York. And it was a great show. And I swear, I think if people had seen it in New York, we probably would have gotten the same deal. So it always bummed me out. And um, they weren't very friendly guys either. But can you blame them in a sense because they made it very young? Uh, I think I would be a holy terror 
if things had actually worked out as planned for me, I think I'd be a major dick. So I can't really get upset with them, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, they had this show. And how the show became really popular was their one bit was they redid the outtakes from Cannonball Run. And that was what kind of put them on the map, what, what made people start watching. Uh, they just redid the outtake. They did the scene completely. But with these, with these guys, just doing the outtakes from Cannonball Run because people remembered that. Because at that point, it was probably only like 15 years ago. Back then, you know, because maybe this was in 92, 93. Um, it was just 10 years ago, you know. But that's how popular those outtakes were that these guys redid it and everybody knew what they were doing. Now you would do that. Well, actually, now I want to do it again because nobody will know what I'm doing. Me and Artie should be doing that on the football show. We just redo the outtakes, which is a ripoff of a ripoff, which would be brilliant. How are we not doing that? But that's, um, again, you know, how funny is it to just keep talking three weeks in a row talking about Cannonball Run? You got to love it. And we keep talking about also how those two girls, Adrian Barbeau, Adrian Barbeau is the hot girl, um, and Valerie Perrine, you know, they're in the car, and the Lamborghini, you know, with the doors going up like in Back to the Future. Um, I know that's a DeLorean, but you know what I'm talking about. And they're dressed hot, but 80s hot because they're not even really dressed. They're just showing their boobs more. They're not dressed in like miniskirts or anything. And every time they get pulled, their plan to get across country, because you have to find a way to get, like, Burt Reynolds gets the ambulance. That's a great way to get across country because, you know, we're an ambulance and we can't get stopped. And their plan, the two girls, is when cops pull them over, they just pull down their tops and they're like, hello, officer. And the officer's like, well, I don't see any harm in you ladies doing whatever you have to do. Uh, just uh, try and keep it down. And then the most hilarious part is the third time, they're like, I'll handle this one. And it's a lady cop. And everybody in the audience is like, oh, oh, oh no. Um, because they didn't have lesbian stuff back then. So, because uh, otherwise they could have turned it around. Um, but no, but it's just so funny that, um, and it's so obvious too. But, you know, we were just explaining how, you know, controversial that was. At the, it wasn't controversial. It was just stupid, but funny. Uh, and then Jackie Chan is in one of the cars. And I remember as a kid, I'm just like, every. you know, when you're a kid, you loved the Japanese, uh, the, the racist Japanese guy who would always be, like in Revenge of the Nerds, you know, that guy knew, you know, was always taking pictures and he knew how to do, you know, they always knew how to do the tech stuff. And it's completely racist. But, you know, you love the Japanese guy. So in Cannibal Run, remember Jackie Chan had that, like, awesome car with all the gadgets and everything. And that was awesome. Always funny. They had, like, the TV in the car. And they were, they had night vision or something. And and then Jackie Chan got out and kicked some ass. Because, you know, of course, they had to have the, the, the bar brawl that everybody's involved. You know, I think Hal Needham just sat down by Rose. Okay, here's, here's what we're going to do. It's basically Smokey and the Bandit, except we're adding a bunch of other people. Because Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham made like four, probably more. I mean, it ruined Burt. Hal Needham ruined Burt Reynolds' career um, and just put him in a car and car chases and stuff. And then in a way, it probably made his career better. So it's hard to explain. But yeah, I'm just trying to think. I, now I got to watch Cannonball Run. Apparently, it's not on Netflix. I'm dying now. I need to watch it again immediately. And I think we're going to need to go through it. See, I need another show where we're just going to go through Cannonball Run. 
but I think I want to do it on another network. Um, you know, I keep trying to serious. They hate me there. I don't know what the story is. I've been trying to get in there for 15 years. Who cares? Who needs them, right? Let's just talk about some news for a second. Now, Donald Trump is uh, trying to give Sarah Palin a job, and I love it because it's going to piss everybody off even more. And I think that's the greatest thing in the whole world because that is exactly what I would do. If everybody told me I wasn't going to win and I'm a loser and an asshole and then I win, I'm going to shove it in your face and I would totally do the exact same thing. You're welcome, America. Here comes Sarah Palin. Now, I voted for Sarah Palin in that McCain election over Obama because I just thought it was going to be awesome because she's crazy. And apparently, if you've seen uh, whatever that changing games or whatever with uh, Juliet Moore playing her, which was brilliant, uh, assuming that's a pretty accurate depiction, she's real dumb. Um, so I don't know why he would choose her because you can only choose her if you're just trying to be a dick. She can't be good for anything. She really is a genuine idiot. But that's exactly what I do. So I will never blame him for that. I'm not sitting there going like, oh, geez, here we go. Now, I love it. I love the plan. Fuck everybody. That's what he's got to say. That's what I would do. Everybody's been such a dick. The guy won, whether you think it's fair or square or not. And and, and he won. And, and you're still like, and it's like, it's just so two-faced. And the, and the. Because the, if the Democrats won, the Republicans would be doing this, and they'd be saying, like, oh, look at this. But at least Donald Trump said, I'm going to do this if I lose. I'm going to. He's been honest about everything. And, and the Democrats just all let it slide. Well, he might be honest, but he's an idiot. He's going to lose. Oh, God, it's, it's so funny. It just really makes you insane to think that they were just so sure of themselves and then that idiot Kate McKinnon playing that song on Saturday Night Live. My God, everybody's in tears. That idiot, you know, Van Jones, whatever his name is on CNN. What are we going to tell the children? Just relax. My God, you're making it worse. What are we going to tell the children? I'm gonna tell, I know we talked about this already, but it's like, you know, I'm going to tell the children. I'm going to tell the children, well, we got to make it work because that's what makes America great, that this guy can win. That, 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 uh, an anomaly can win and it doesn't have to be all politics and and that you you know if you if you're persistent enough you can really do anything i don't know tell your kids that you suck as a news person tell your kids van that you stink as a reporter and do your job and try not to be impartial and if even if you are impartial cuz we know you're a democrat and we know you were fighting for hillary try and be a man what are we going to tell the children? You know who does that? Like women. Sissy. What are we going to What are we going to do? He was like in tears. Oh, it makes me so angry. That's such poor reporting. He's a reporter. He's a journalist. You have to be impartial. I we've talked about this already. I'm not going to go into it. But listen to this though. Michigan yesterday finally announced Donald Trump is the winner. Fi- yesterday. That's a month later almost. Almost a month. It's December 1st. He won by 10,000 more votes. And now his tally is 306 to 232. I consider that a landslide, but I don't know. 
Um, Michigan, I have said this before, should totally secede from the nation. They obviously stink and don't know how to count. They're really stupid. Are you kidding? You couldn't work that out until today? Have you, in this day and age, for real? We all know we got to change the voting process. It's not working because in this day and age, we're still using paper ballots. It's so weird. It's so weird. Somebody has got to invent a better system. Uh, Obviously, voting online would be good, but we know we can get hacked. But I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Every state's got a different way to vote. That's a problem. But if Michigan can't handle election day, they shouldn't be allowed to vote. Let's send that entire state down to Mexico. They obviously suck. They poisoned their water and they're trying to poison their um, their citizens. Uh, I mean, what a horrible, horrible state. Michigan. What do they got? Detroit's like one of the worst towns. That and I, Philadelphia. That place stinks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I went there. Michigan. They couldn't figure it out. What a horrible place. They have to be embarrassed. And and they people make fun of New Jersey. Yeah, we were right there at like, you know, the polls closed at nine o'clock. Uh we pretty much had a, a winner by eleven. You know, maybe by eleven thirty. And believe me, I don't know how it works. I don't know how you tally. I don't know how you put it together. I don't know actually how you get all the counties together. And I don't know what's at stake. But it seems like each, if it's my district, be prepared and have a deadline and say, uh, listen, we need all your ballots by 1130. And we're like, we can't do that. Well, then you're fired. Who's counting it too? Is it the is it the people that they hire for the day to work the polls that make a hundred dollars? Is that who's counting? Who's counting? Who's actually does anybody know who actually counts the votes? And are we really counting by hand? Is is this a joke? It's 2016. It's not 1778. You, you know what I mean? We're counting by hand. <laughs> I, I just, I don't understand that. Uh, both sides want to change the election process. Well, they're right. It stinks. There's got to be somebody who's trying to come up with a cure for cancer that can uh, find a better way to vote. Right? <laughs> Why don't we just use those exit polls? Well, obviously we know they're wrong because people lie. It's got to be a secret ballot, but how? There's got to be a way. I don't know. Maybe you should tattoo it on your belly, then we scan it. I mean, really, there's got to be a way. And I think they don't even go into the absentee ballots unless there's, you know, unless it's close. So, but if the absentee ballots have to be in by a certain time, they should be in earlier then. If that's a problem, then put the absentee ballots, bring them in earlier so they're there at least a week in advance and you can start going through them. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. It just seems like an easy fix. You know what? I pledge on this show that if anybody is listening, I will go to Michigan in four years 
and I will fix the problem. And I will have that all tallied by 11.30 at night or by midnight. Give me till midnight. I will fix their system. I really believe I can do it single-handedly in four years. I will go to every district or wherever the fuck they count that stuff, and I will fix it. I really believe with good organization I can work that state into having, uh, you know, because this has happened before with the 2000 election. Michigan's problematic. I think I can fix it, and I'll do it for. I mean, you got to give me something. Just gonna take my time, you know. Get, let me keep getting paid by my job. Give me an extra, you know, couple grand. And I'm not even asking for a lot of money, but I got, I got to do. I got, I got. All right, I'll do it for free. Uh, how about this? How about if I get it done by midnight, I get an incentive bonus? How about that? How about that? That's perfect. I'm telling you, I could do it. How about the guys that play for the Pistons and uh, the? Oh, God, I forgot. The, the Red Wings? Well, not the hockey don't make any money. The guys that play for the Pistons and the Tigers and the Lions all chip in to give me money because they're clearly the richest people in Michigan. So all those players chip in, you know, $1,000. Well, that'd be a lot, huh? All those guys, they make millions and millions and they just give, you know, chip in $1,000 to make me make it work and make their state uh, a better state because it'll be cooler because they can get their election results in by midnight. So we don't have to sit there looking like jerk-offs. I know I can fix it. I know I can fix it. I know it's just a matter of organization. And I will go to the towns that I'm afraid of to make this work. I will do it. I will go in an armored car. Because I've seen uh, Gran Torino. <laughs> I will go in a car. I will get out of the car and say, what are you spooks doing? <laughs> like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> but uh, I will do it. And I know I can do it well. I will assess the situation and I will take care of it. This is something I'm really good at. I'm very good if I can concentrate on one thing. I know I can get it done. I just have to focus. What I can't do is concentrate on two things. But if I get all the places they tell me where the voting is, I, I just know I can do it. So I'm just saying, I'll t- let me, come on, take me up on it. I'll take care of this. Michigan. <laughs> Remember I told you that I... uh I went over my uh, weight that I was hoping never to get to over, you know, just I keep trying to sweeten it over. But, uh, you know, I made the 200-pound mark, and I've always uh, tried not to be 200 pounds. And, unfortunately, I went over last week, and it was, like, ridiculous. I'm like, okay, I got to do something. This is bad. I got to do something about it. Meanwhile, it was the week of Thanksgiving, and I'm like, all right, great week to start dieting. I'm not going to be the only fool who's going to be dieting on Thanksgiving week. So obviously, you know, and then it's like, well, you know, what am I going to do? Give up chicken wing Mondays? I mean, right? I mean, I'm going to have to wait till uh, the national championship in January because then I stopped doing the chicken wing Mondays. But then, oh, there's the Super Bowl. and because All right, so but after the Super Bowl, we're dieting. Or whatever my version of dieting is. And that's why I bring up the oldest lady 
I guess ever. I don't know. She's 117, lives in Italy, but she's the last person alive from the 1800s. I believe she was born in 18... 1899, right? The last person alive. Uh, fights the old lady. Le- left her. Uh, her uh, her husband was abusive, like really abusive. Like he's like, either you agree to marry me or I'll kill you. And uh, she was like, all right, all right. Uh, but she left her husband in 1938 for abuse. That's pretty badass back then. You got to figure, right? But um, she, her diet is brandy. And uh, three eggs a day. She's never eaten vegetables, but she does stay away from meat. And then I say to myself, well, then what else is there? (laughs) But then she says she always eats the same thing every day, every month, every year. But she never eats vegetables. Well, neither do I. So I feel a little better about myself today. (laughs) She's 117. She never eats vegetables. I remember I only eat them on Mondays. I have a salad before I eat uh, multiple chicken wings. Oh, my God. I don't even want to tell you what I do. Oh, you know, so I'm sitting there telling you, yeah, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Um, Diet. Sorry. Uh, well, probably going to die, too. But so Monday, I had a salad. I always have a salad Monday around 4 o'clock. And then I eat wings. I have two beers at Tommy Bahamas. But this time I had, like, a higher alcohol content beer, so I got a little messed up. And then I go over to the wing place. And I have another beer. So I was a little toasted. But I was starving. So I ate the 20 wings, but we bought my friend Sharon Houston along. And I swear to God, I would have ordered more food if she wasn't there. I mean, I don't mind ordering food in front of Chris Murphy. But I would have ordered more food. I was really hungry. I was really hungry. And, uh, oh, I tried their new wings. They have sweet chili now, too. I mean, I had the 10 medium and then five sweet chili and five hot. And it was delicious. Oh, those wings are always consistently good. Plus, um, if celery. So that's a vegetable. Uh, <laughs> and so when I went home, I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to order a grilled cheese. And everybody's like, oh, God, that's disgusting. And I walked home, and I still said to Murphy, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to order grilled cheese. And then all of a sudden, midway, no, I told him I left him, and I said, I'm going to order a grilled cheese. Like, I really was hungry for something else. I don't know why. Usually that passes. And then all of a sudden, I must have been, I was so hammered, and I didn't even know it. I ordered chocolate chip pancakes because I'm a fat pig. Chocolate chip pancakes, I don't even order them normally. But I needed it for some reason. They were delicious. Oh, my God. I don't know why I needed it. I, I don't know what to say. They were deli- It wasn't like it wasn't, I waited at home for them to come, and then they came, and I put syrup on them, and, and they were exactly what I needed. And I had some chocolate milk. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. But I don't know. I needed it. I don't know why. This is a disaster. No one up two hundred. I'm like, well, how could I have got? How did this? How could this have happened? But that was a strange Monday. I don't know why I was so hungry. Or I, I guess I don't know. But that's not cool. I got to keep it to the, at least the twenty wings. <laughs> twenty wings. Oh, I used to be able to eat so much more too. I don't know. Maybe it was that tequila also. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse. But uh, apparently I don't have to worry because as long as I don't eat vegetables, I should live till about 117. But of course, uh, do I really want to live to 117? I don't know. What, I wonder if she had any kids. She said she remained single the whole time. I don't know. 
probably did. Although she probably uh probably outlived all of them. Uh a German federal court rejected a former Auschwitz death camp guard's appeal against his conviction for being an accessory to murder. They now they rejected his appeal. They're prosecuting this guy in the fact that he was uh he was convicted in 2015 of being an accessory to murdering 300,000 Jews because he was a death camp guard. And he was sentenced to four years in prison. Now, doesn't that sound ridiculous? Four years in prison. He was an accessory to murdering 300,000 Jews. But he got a good four years. That was a, that was a very strong four years. But the th- they say this is the first time an appeals court has ruled on a verdict obtained under the logic that simply having served at a death camp is enough to convict. Well, that is a very interesting question. I think they're running up the wrong tree. Uh... Now, this guy is 95. We dropped the ball on this. We should have been going down to Argentina, getting all these guys back when they were in their 40s and really letting them have it. Most of them are dead. They lived, we've talked about this, they lived long lives because they were in the, they were awesome health specimens, you know, because they were the master race. Uh, So this guy's 95. I'm not saying he's 95, let's let him go, but he was just a death camp guard. Now, you know, who knows what it was like back then, but there must have been a couple of, you know, Nazis, like a death camp guard, that must, there must have been a couple that were just kind of, uh, listen, I better play along because I don't want any trouble. I mean, there's got to be a couple of cowards that are just, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to, what are you going to take the other side? I mean, you can sit there and go, I don't like what we're doing, but what am I supposed to do? take on the third reich myself i you know you know what i'm saying i mean i think we're grabbing at straws here is what i'm saying would i like to see them throw the book at this guy i, I don't know would i like to see them throw the book at you know somebody important that really was in charge of this sure but they're all dead uh you know we're I, I, german it's in germany because they're tr- that's what they're like no oh, we really want to too late jerk offs too fucking late you guys would be like no we're not we're not like that anymore they're, they're trying so hard but i'm never gonna forget my mother certainly ain't gonna forget i'm never gonna trust germans ever remember when i was talking to rabbi susan about star trek and she got like angry because she didn't understand the reference um i was talking about palestinians and how i would never trust palestinians um, yeah, I don't mind saying it. I don't care, but it's, you know, if you're a nerd like me and you've seen Star Trek six, Kirk, they catch Kirk on a, where he says, I would never trust a Klingon because of what they did to my son. And he never liked Klingons anyway. And that's what makes the thing cool. But then that one of them, uh, actually it was, uh, Doc Brown from, uh, back to the future that killed his son. Uh, well, actually he had a guy do it, but, um, Yeah. I think I'm always going to feel that way about Germans. I'm never going to trust them. And uh, they can, uh, you know, convict these 95-year-olds. But the fact of the matter is they should have been doing this in the, in the fucking 60s. You know, I know you got to get back to where you are, but that was still 20 years later. Do this in the 60s. But they didn't care. Nobody cared. We should have done it too. 
I think everybody waited too long. They were still hanging around, living pretty good lives in the 70s and the 80s. That's why, you know, that uh, opening to X-Men, whatever it is where he goes down to Argentina, kicks some ass. Uh, you know, I, I know they're all fantasies, and usually I don't like those fantasies. That's why I've never seen the Quentin Tarantino one, whatever that is, where they take on the Nazis in a fantasy where you know the Jews actually kill some of the Nazis. I, I guess, I mean, I guess I do like, but that's see, I like the superhero part. I don't like when they pretend that it's real because it's depressing because that never, never didn't happen, and you want it to happen. And Nazis are like the worst, and. Um, and that's the worst part. They never got their due. They never got their due. You know, you can't you can't go on. They never got their comeuppance. They all escaped. Free. This article was on again, remember I mentioned that article in the eighties about a Nazi who had died of cancer and it was on page twenty five. And I'm like, why wasn't that on page one? Isn't that what everybody wants to read? All we do is read about little kids that have cancer. They put that on page oh what a brave boy, what a brave boy. I would like to see a Nazi having cancer. It would make sense with the world. Oh, finally, a Nazi, somebody, somebody evil got cancer. That's a page one story to me. And I would think everybody else. That's uplifting. Not, you know, a child that, that, that you know, a good kid or, a, you know, a nice person that gets cancer. That, that doesn't make any sense with the world. A Nazi getting cancer makes sense. Now, this story, again, on page 25. Seems like it's a bigger story to me if they're making a precedent about, you know, convicting per- people that were there. It's kind of like that movie, The Accused. We want to, we want to, we want to convict the people that were watching, you know, that let it happen. Which again, I don't know. It's a sticky situation. Now, a, a death guard. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, convict all those idiots that worked there. But we don't know what he was doing. We don't know what. What he probably doesn't even know what he's doing. He's ninety-five. Again, I just. It's it's over. They're all 95 or 100. We just have to hope they didn't pass down anything to their kids, wherever those kids are living. Yep. But we're convicting the wrong people. Or it's over. We missed the opportunity. And Germany sucks for even pretending that this is going to make a difference. It, it's not trying. It's, uh, it's uncool. And I don't know whether you saw this, but apparently um, had this... Uh, ripped out the uh the wife of vladimir putin has sparked outrage for performing a holocaust themed ice skating routine in which she dressed as a death camp prisoner and mimed shooting her partner <laughs> an ice skating routine there's a picture of it it's hilarious olympic skater titania nafka and her partner andrey burkovsky glided and drilled across the ice, grinning in black and white striped uniforms, adorned with Star of David patches and serial numbers Saturday night. The routine aired on the Russian TV show Ice Age, similar to Dancing with the Stars. Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be the funniest thing of all time if somebody did that on Dancing with the Stars? But they said, and this is kind of interesting, they said uh, they're doing uh, uh, wait at one point in the routine Navka pretended to shoot Burkowski with a machine gun before they played hot potato with an imaginary bomb uh, but it's uh, she says it's one of my lo- most loved routines it was choreographed based on one of my favorite movies which is that stupid movie that I hate that Roberto Benigni Life is Beautiful uh, 
But <laughs> I would give anything to see that happen on Dancing with the Stars. And where who's ever doing it is just like, what? No, it's it's from the movie Life is Beautiful. What? What? What what I say? What I say? That they like the <laughs> Why didn't Ryan Lochte do that? That would have been, he might have, he should have done that. He should have done, you know, well, this is a dance from the Holocaust. Uh, I think you're like, he, he should have done it all. He's the most hated man in the world at that point. Um, he might have, he should have gone for it all and just danced like a, a Holocaust dance. Boy, that is, um, it's my favorite routine from Life is Beautiful. What I do? What? What I do? What? Well, come on, it's just on 3CP1, the Russian programming. Uh, I, that it's tasteless, but the funniest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And again, if you get to see the picture where they're just wearing the, when you're writing the numbers on your, uh, arm, what is the exact moment you're thinking? Maybe this isn't such a great idea. Is it then, or is when you just patch on the Star of David? Uh, Oh, and then I'll machine gun you down, and you fall and do um, a triple Lindy uh, over. uh, (laughs) We'll install another diving board. Uh, Yeah, that's it. I was going to talk about uh, Rose McGowan. Because she's hot and I like her and I've met her before and she's way sexy and apparently there's a sex tape released about her, but who cares? But, um, yeah, she's way sexy. But um, yeah, I think... I can't help myself. I love ending with this theme. I can't help it. I got a problem, people. I think that's our show for today. Um... You know, uh, I don't know. You know, I'll listen to it back. I'll see if I liked it or not. There's always something I'm like, oh, why didn't I talk about that? Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? So I don't know what we're going to do next week, but hopefully the week after we will have uh, David Tell, maybe Russ Maneve. Uh, we will not be lighting the menorah, though, because it is actually not Hanukkah. Because Hanukkah is coming on the 24th. is the first night of Hanukkah, Christmas Eve. Can you imagine? So I'll finally have something to do on Christmas Eve. Um... It's so lonely. Uh, And uh, maybe I'll go over to my mother's and do my Holocaust ice routine for her on her little pond behind her house. She'd probably like that. Oh, what a wonderful number, David. Really? You didn't mind? Because it seemed uh, seemed a little anti-Semitic. I can't even invite her to the Christmas um, show, I told her, because it has... uh, We do a song from Mr. Magoo's called The Lord's Bright Brussing. She'll hate that. She hates anything with that. You know, she hates Jesus. You know, it's very difficult. You know, I'm still doing this podcast looking at my stupid aunt and uncle and that silhouettes. I don't know why I keep them there. I, it's driving me crazy. Meanwhile, I, I can't get rid of it. It's too funny. You know, the one that left me out of his will. What an asshole. What an asshole. Who, who the fuck is this guy? Who's this guy? All right, so yeah, next week and then the week after we got another football show. Remember, December 13th, Christmas Carol, December 20th, Godfather, February 28th. Lots of good podcasting and fun and good times ahead. It's the Christmas season. It's super fun. It's Charlie Brown. It's Vince Giraldi. My favorite time. I'll see everybody next week. Have a great December, everybody. It's going to be awesome, awesome football, awesome awesomeness, and just awesome, awesome, okay? Obviously, I have no vocabulary. I'll see you next week, everybody. Have a great week. <laughs>